Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and today we have another very special episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast with a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Micah Evans, who is the campus director out at Sanford University. Micah, That's right. it's good to see you, man. How are you feeling right now? Feeling great. Your first ever podcast. Yeah. You a little nervous? No, I feel good. You look good, man. I think you're going to do great. Appreciate so, you. Let's do this. Before we get into our topic today, can you um, just... Tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, maybe where you went to school and now where you're working as well. Yeah. So uh, I went to Penn State my freshman year of college, and then I transferred to Samford after that. So I came all the way down from Pennsylvania to, amazing. to Birmingham, and uh, basically I've been here since. So this is my sixth year, I guess, on staff with Campus Outreach. So yeah. So what's what's better, Penn State or Samford? Just kidding. You don't have to answer that one. <laughs> uh, we all know the answer. But... Um, Penn State is beautiful. My dad actually went to Penn State. So, all right, yeah, let's man. go. Yeah, Nittany go Lions State. represent. Well, let's do this, man. Let's go ahead and jump in. I know everyone's eager to hear you uh, speak on our topic today. Um, our topic is what is a Christian worldview? Uh, we're going to be talking more about worldviews today. And what I'm really excited is to just ask you some questions. So, I, I know I told you off the pod, off the recording, but basically, what I'm going to do is ask you a couple questions, and we're just going to uh, hear what you got to say. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Okay, man. Let's start here. Can you just start by defining what a worldview is? I think there's a lot of students listening who've maybe heard that word before, but don't necessarily understand the intricacies of it. So. Yeah. A worldview is just how you make sense of the world around you. So uh, everybody has to answer some fundamental questions about life, about uh, why we're here. What are we? Um What's, what's evil? What's wrong with the world? How do we make sense of that? And so everybody has to do this. Uh, so I just want to be able to think about that, biblically speaking. So that's, I guess, what I would say about a Christian worldview. Uh, I first started getting into thinking about worldview at an early age, and I didn't even realize it. Um, my uh, mom would cook dinner, and she would watch Oprah on TV. We didn't have cable. Okay, yeah. And um, so we just had you know, ABC and Oprah would come on, she'd cook dinner and I would sit with her just because I didn't have anything else to do. And so she would engage me and say, what do you think about what you just heard? What do you think that person's vision of the good life is? Um, what do you think that they're, what do you think that they're desiring? What do you think it is that they're, wow, these are deep questions for that's right. For your young years. Right. And, and the idea of a worldview is really to analyze and think about, um, things at a deeper level at a, at a biblical level and to say, um, yeah, what what is the vision of the good life? And whose vision of the good life is right? And so um, that's how I initially started to uh, think about some of these kinds of things. And uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so this is really important. And so uh, as a Christian, we want to think about the how the gospel, how the how the Bible speaks to the world around us. And so a biblical worldview asks the questions, who is God? What is he like? Uh, what is creation? Who is humanity? What is morality and the moral order? In other words, morality is not just something that we invented. It's something that's built into nature uh, and it's revealed in God's law. And so uh, those are the kind of questions, even the, the question of purpose. What's the purpose of all these things? What are we here for? Uh, it, it, so this question is, 
a, a really big one and it, it applies. I mean, we got to think about worldview, about all kinds of different things in our, our life and our world. So hmm. that's fascinating. So let me ask you this. I, I would make the argument that every single human being has a worldview that they live by, even yeah. if they don't understand what that word means and that's right. And everything that goes into it. So, um, how, how do, let me ask you this. How do we see our worldviews affect the way that we live our lives and the way that we make decisions? Yeah, that's great. Uh, so just like you said, everybody's got a worldview, even if they don't recognize that they do. And, um, so if you just pick up a, a magazine, uh, Cosmopolitan, there's a worldview that Cosmopolitan is positioned from. And so um, it's not as if worldview are just, they're in a book somewhere and they're waiting for people to examine them. They bombard us constantly from television, film, music, newspapers, magazines, books, academia. And because we live in a fallen world, uh, oftentimes worldviews appeal to our flesh. And so we can incorporate them into our personal worldview without even knowing it sadly. And so, um, through media and other influences, uh, secularized America, we can have a vision of history, law, politics, science, God, people that affect our thinking more than we realize. And so we can be taken captive by the basic principles of the world and human tradition as Colossians two says, rather than Christ. And so, the Proverbs speak to a worldview. Really, the Proverbs, you could say, are a whole book of the Bible that's de- dedicated to uh, helping us think biblically and have a biblical worldview. And so Proverbs, you see it, uh, essentially, uh, it's seeing God's world through God's lens. And so when you see the man in Proverbs chapter 5 who happens to wander down the street of sexual immorality, Uh, you know that what you're seeing is foolishness on display, not because it tells you this is foolishness on display, but because you know what a human person is, that they're made in God's image. You know what sex is. You know its deeper purpose is more than just good feelings. It's unity in marriage. And you know what marriage is. You know it's God uniting one man and one woman for life. And so when you read Proverbs 5, you can see things are messed up here. And you know that because there's a biblical worldview that if you're following along with the Bible— you're able to say, this is not right. This is a problem. So does that make a little bit more sense of what worldview yeah, is? That's, that's super helpful. And I'm just thinking back to what you were saying, this like code of morality at the very beginning. Like I'm even thinking of what it would, and, you know, this is kind of a question I didn't, you know, prep you on beforehand, but what about this idea of other worldviews and how they view ethics and morals yeah. compared to how a Christian worldview would would kind of interpret morality. Yep. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, or maybe you can go a little deeper in explaining some of those differences and how we would, how we would see that play out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most fundamentally, if, if you're an atheist or an agnostic, you, you don't believe in a universal higher being that gives you morality, that instructs you in morality. Um, and so there's, built into it is the sense of, okay, how do we discover then what morality is if there's no ultimate source of morality? So for the Christian, we say, no, God is actually, he's the moral law giver. He's the one from whom all goodness, righteousness comes from. And so, um, yeah, so different worldviews are going to, even right off the bat, answer those kind of questions differently. What is the human person? Are we made in the image of God as Christians believe? And if we're not made in the image of God, then what separates us from animals? Um, there's all sorts of different 
ways in which worldview, how we think about the world, um, ought to be informed by our uh, by the scriptures. And so, uh, hopefully, that answers a little bit of your question. Uh, I guess there's a lot we could talk about there. No, there certainly is. But Micah, let me ask you this: Are there any sort of current events? Like an, an example from something happening in culture or in our society today that really exemplifies this whole living by your worldview kind of idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, politics it's is built on a lot of this worldview type stuff um, okay. because part of how we understand what's wrong with the world um, is how we diagnose problems is how we propose solutions to the problems. And so if you're an atheistic materialist, then what you're pr- going to propose, if we are just physical beings and our greatest need is just stuff, then anything that's the biggest problem is we don't have enough stuff and we just need more stuff. And so you're going to propose kind of the solutions that would say you just need more stuff. Well, as Christians, we know the problem is not just that we don't have stuff. The problem is that we don't have a new heart. We don't have um, our, our, our desires at a very, the, the headquarters of our heart haven't been changed uh, then we're going to have all sorts of different problems in our life that flow from the consequences of sin. And so it's even more fundamental. Uh, you can just see that that shift in politics uh, or that worldview implications happening in politics all the time. Uh, maybe a good common recent example was the appointment of Amy, Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. So Amy Coney Barrett is a Catholic. Uh, she's an originalist, and the, that means that the way she reads a text is, is uh, not what does this mean to me? But what did this mean when it was written? You said read a text like, so I guess the Constitution? Is That's that, right. Read okay. a text like the Constitution. And this is very much the same way that we read the Scriptures, right? When you go right, to Bible study, sure. the, the question is not, what does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? And it's actually the question we need to be asking in Bible study is, what did this mean? What did, it, what, what did the author mean it to mean? Right? And so what you had, what was interesting was, people were examining her judicial philosophy, the way she understood uh, interpretation, the, her method of interpretation. And people from different worldviews uh, were looking at her interpretation and or her philosophy, and they were saying, this doesn't make sense. Um, because she's asking, what did the authors mean? But what we need to be asking is, how does it, how does it apply on this side? I'm the interpreter, I'm the arbiter of how this, uh, what this is supposed to mean. Well, that's a different understanding of, uh, yeah, the authorial intent and what, what a text is, is a text, a living fluid document that's ever changing in its meaning, or did it have a locked in meaning? Um, so that's a good example of the way we see worldview playing out in culture. Yeah, Uh, that's, that's really fascinating actually to hear that. And I'm thinking too, you know, there's an example of someone that even in one of the hardest settings as they're getting asked a lot of questions by Congress, um, she kind of held firm in her own worldview, even if it made her look like crazy to other people. Right. And I, yeah. and I think Christians feel that, don't you think? Just, oh, absolutely. So anything you might add on, add on to that, just sometimes when you live in a biblical way, you get funny looks from people who don't have a Christian worldview. Right. So how, how would you recommend, um, I don't know, standing firm in that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is, that's a great question. And th- this is why we've got to know what we believe and why we believe it. And we got to be able to say on biblical with biblical confidence, um, this is this is what's right. This is what's good. And so, um, yeah, there's just all sorts of different ways in which we're going to face challenges from culture that's going to say, I don't understand why you think that way or do that or why you don't do this. Right. I mean, 
uh, I was just not even that long ago, uh, talking with some different people about, uh, sex and talking about how do you think about this? Like, why would you, why would you not respond in this sort of, uh, libertine way about sex? Because, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's chill. It's easy. You know, it's not, it's, it's enjoyment. And so, uh, well, if that, if sex is just a transaction, um, then sure. Then I guess, I guess that's, that's no different than going to the grocery store and buying a loaf of bread, but it's more than a transaction, right? And the reason we say that is because we're coming from a Christian worldview that says, no, God's invented this. God's designed this. If I take the Xbox that I, I've got to roll and I said, Hey, let's go play golf with uh, the Xbox. And you said, sure. I guess you're talking about the newest golf game, you know, Tiger Woods PGA tour or whatever. And I said, no, no, we're going out back and I'm going to hit this thing with my golf club, the console with my golf club. <laughs> he would say, what's wrong with you? Um, this yeah. is not what it's designed for because mm-hmm. it was made by Microsoft to be played, but it had a purpose that it was designed for. And so this is, a, this is exactly what we're saying with a Christian worldview that there's a designer to this good thing. And it's got real meaning and purpose, and you can't strip this thing of its meaning and purpose and enjoy it the same way. Does that make sense? Man, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's actually really helpful, honestly. I think even, I mean, I think all the bros listening you here talk about Microsoft and Xbox. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense there, Micah. Yeah. <laughs> Good word. Good. Good stuff. How about this? Um, how would you encourage a college student, so a Christian uh, listening to this podcast who's in college or just a young adult in general, to begin cultivating a Christian worldview? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think um, beginning to dive deep into the scriptures and to ask, uh, you want your mindset, your, you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as Romans 12 talks about. And so to ask the questions of, am I seeing this the way God would see this? And so uh, I think all the time students are struggling with, trying to figure out how does the Bible apply to my life today? So here's a common example of one I hear from students often. They will say, well, the Bible doesn't speak to dating. So it's just, uh, I'm not really sure exactly how to proceed, but I just know that the Bible doesn't speak to this. So I'm kind of on my own. And really what that reveals is they don't have a robust understanding of the Bible and a biblical worldview because dating involves men and women. It involves marriage because dating is this cultural on-ramp to marriage it involves sex, sexual desires, romance, self-control, purity. Uh, so it involves your physical life. It involves your thought life. And so uh, there's all of these different ways in which the Bible speaks to all of this. But we have to do the work of putting all of these themes together to make sense of uh, something like dating. So really what we're talking about in some ways is wisdom uh, coming from the scriptures. So uh, this is just one way. And so how do I want to say <clears throat> this is all of the world tells us this is what the good life is. This is what it involves. This is how you get there. And there's all these different cultural signposts from TV, music, mag- magazines. And what we have to do is we have to be able to look at those through a biblical lens and diagnose what are they saying and to what extent does it correspond to scripture or to what extent does it not correspond to scripture? And so I try and use dating as an illustration just to say, it's one of the ways in which we have to use a biblical worldview to make sense of what's the best way forward in this. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's really good, man. Well, any other, you know, tips or advice, anything else you want to say on just the idea of a worldview and, um, living in, in a way where, um, you have an understanding of what the Christian worldview is. Yeah. There's a, 
bunch of different resources I would suggest that students dive into and, and listen to. Um, there's there's a little book by, uh, I can't remember the fellow's first name. His last name is Anderson. It's called What's Your Worldview? And it's just like a basic book that's only 100 pages. And yeah, it's, it's just pretty small. I've very seen small. Mm-hmm. You can flip through it and you can say, um, yeah, you can just examine different worldviews in there. It goes, it's a deep dive for only 100 pages. It really will give you a lot of information. Then I would say, you know, you want to examine the world through a Christian worldview. So I, personally, I've really benefited from uh, Al, Albert Moeller's podcast, The Briefing, where he's talking about the day's events from a Christian worldview, and he's trying to interact with the world around him, and he's doing a deep dive and all that stuff every single day. So that's really beneficial. You can listen to that podcast as well as this one. Um, <laughs> sure. Shameless plug, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Harry Reader, uh, my pastor's got one today in perspective that also does the same kind of applying a Christian worldview to uh, the day's day's events. And so those are a couple of places that I would probably start to try and examine worldview and think about that more deeply. Okay. Good word, man. Well, uh, we're about to wrap it up here. So um, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and for checking out today's pod. I want to encourage you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Spotify or Apple, Google, Amazon. Please subscribe and leave a review and rate the podcast. That really helps us out a lot. And if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions um, for uh, future topics, we would love to hear from you um, as well. Uh, Micah, before we get out of here, man, any last words, parting words before I uh, close shop here? No, this is great. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. We'll definitely get you back on for another episode. Um, So all of that in mind, uh, again, for my good friend Micah Evans, this is T-Roll saying thank you once again for listening, and we will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care.